Hello, I'm Tara. Welcome to You Should Write a Book, the podcast. If this was a book, this would be found in the chapter called Reflections, and the first part would be subtitled, We Don't Mean to Hurt You, and the second would be called Dancing with Ghosts. Let's talk about grief and see where our stories meet. We walk among you. We look like you. We smile like you. We engage with you. And like you, we have hard days. You can't tell by our appearance, but you and we are not the same. We have suffered the loss of a parent, a spouse, a sibling, or a child. If you reach your hand out, you may be able to feel us, but we guard the red-hot poker of grief from your touch. We don't want you to get burned. Sometimes the center of the pain is just a burning ember. If you've ever sat around a fire late at night as the flames diminish, you'll know that what remains is just the glow of the coal that dances deceptively from orange to red to black. At this point in the night, you are less likely to be harmed because it remains contained within the fire pit, unlike the flame that was reaching out to you earlier in the night. But it is hot. It is painful. It is dangerous. If you touch it, that ember will burn you deeper and more painfully than the mere lick of a flame when the fire was still burning high. It is that ember that burns deep within us. We protect you from it. We are genuinely happy that you haven't experienced it. But we also know that you too will one day join us in our pain. We are sincerely pleased as we watch you interact with those you love, even though we can no longer laugh and love and live with our moms, dads, siblings, partners, or children. Don't try to protect us from your loving relationships. We need them. Yes, it might cause us to have a pang of intense hurt to watch you hug your mom or joke with your kids or cuddle in close with your spouse, but it will also give us the chance to remember that there once was life where now there is absence, and that life was good. I said to a friend once that my losses weren't any different from anyone else's. The look on her face said it all. I was turning 30 when my dad died, 38 when my sister passed unexpectedly at home, 43 when my brother died after cancer ravaged his body, and 45 when my mama's body finally gave up. Hers was the hardest in some ways, as the dementia had been taking her away bit by bit, smile by smile, hug by hug for many, many years before she died. When I was 52, my niece, only five years younger than I, died alone in a truck in a parking lot. I guess maybe I have had a lot of losses. When a man in his late 60s, a man old enough to be my father, told me that he was traveling to go and see his ailing parents, my first reaction was to gasp. I hope I gasped silently. It had never occurred to me that someone his age would still have parents who were living. 
I had to reset my worldview so that I would not be caught off guard again. I have never lost a child, but as a priest, I have buried children. The 20-something young woman who took her own life, the 26-year-old newlywed whose body couldn't be present because of where and how he died, they live in my heart forever. The pain of their parents was unique and poignant and heartbreaking. Any death out of order offers a distinctive anguish. A human that you gave life to should not be taken away. Those who are left behind will go on, of course, but they will never be the same. As you sit around the fire pit late at night, as you allow the fire to diminish on its own, Occasionally, a flame may reach out from the embers. Our grief is like that. Our carefully guarded pain, the pain that we protect you from, might reach out unexpectedly and reach out towards you, and you might get hurt. We're sorry. We don't mean to. Revel in the joy of your relationships, even when we are in the room. While the hugs and the banter and the love that we witness may cause us pangs of hurt, it is also something that brings us a strange burst of joy. Include us. Let us continue to witness your love, even as it makes us wistful for what we have lost. It reminds us that life continues, that love continues, and that there is joy. And we thank you for letting us be part of it. And we sincerely hope that the embers of that deep grief don't become part of your world for a long, long time. Have you ever danced with the ghost? I've buried many, many family members all with some kind of tradition, a funeral, a gathering where stories are told, where laughter is loud, where tears are shed. Our goodbyes have been necessary and final. And yet, and yet sometimes I find myself dancing with the ghosts of those I've lost. It starts with a little tap on the shoulder. You know the one. When you know that you're all alone in the room, in your house or in your car, and then suddenly you're not. And if you close your eyes and allow them entry, there they are. Sometimes it's my grandma Hayes. She was so tiny and oh so very English. When she joins me for a visit, there is a crumpet and a cup of tea usually one brewed for the third time from the same bag. And we dance. We dance to something that might have been played during World War I. It's not a specific song, and yet we dance. My dad comes on occasion. He's always a little more formal, as if he wants to be sure that he isn't intruding. My dad, tall and strong and capable, right up until he wasn't. My dad holds out his hand in invitation just as he did when I was a little girl, and we dance. With my dad, it is often a waltz, or sometimes we jive. 
but whatever the genre, my feet know exactly what to do just because he is leading me. I still love dancing with my dad. My sister, well, anything goes when she comes calling. Very unlike my father, Dale shows up with the music already blaring. There's no request when she takes my hand. It's more like a loving demand. And we dance to everything. We writhe to the monkeys. We bang our heads to ACDC or croon with Burton Cummings. And we sway and sing along in harmony to everything Simon and Garfunkel. My favorite part, when we have enough time, is when we can just sit with the big surround sound speaker and let Billy Joel watch wash over us. But there is never enough time to dance with my sister. It always ends too soon. Every once in a while, on the rarest of occasions, my paternal grandma Pokinghorn comes to visit. This is always an occasion for me because she comes to me standing on her feet and pulling her shoulders up to their full height. See, I never knew her before her stroke, so the grandma of my memory sits in a wheelchair and cannot speak. Except when she taps me on the shoulder, in my solitude she can speak, and together we dance. Sadly, the music we dance to is purely of my imagination, because I never knew her well enough to choose what she would have chosen. But we move and dance in ways that I never knew her to do in life. And then, just as quietly as she came, she is gone. In the same subtle way, every once in a while, my brother comes and taps himself in. He breaks my heart. But at least when he arrives to dance with me, he isn't shriveled and ravaged by cancer as he was in those last weeks that I spent with him before he died. No, when he comes to me, he is tall and very handsome, with twinkling eyes and an ever-present smirk on his face. We don't really dance, Wade and I. We stand together, not too close, and the music is in the background for our moment. It's not a specific tune that plays, but it envelops us and I don't cry until he has to leave me in my aloneness again. A call came unexpectedly one morning. The caller ID showed a name I had not thought of in decades. Rochelle died, the voice said, in her truck, alone in a Walmart parking lot, with an overdose of drugs in her system. I hesitate to dance with her when she comes tapping me in. Too soon. She is gone too soon. She is gone so young. But she is so persistent, calling out in her sing-song voice, Auntie Tara, come dance with me. So we dance. We dance to anything and everything with a beat. We dance and sing loudly right into each other's faces with tears of laughter running down our cheeks. Music can't stop, I think. I'm not ready to lose my niece, not yet. And then she is gone, and I cry. On the best days when I am alone, my mom shows up to dance with me. 
in death as in life, my mom has no boundaries. So sometimes she shows up when I'm in a meeting or even when I'm leading worship. Tap, tap, and there she is, moving her body and her infamous slightly chicken-looking head bob dance. I love dancing with my mom. We dance to everything. We dance to sing along with Mitch Miller songs, to beautiful 40 songs like Blue Moon, to long ballads by Gordon Lightfoot, and if we're lucky, we even dance to The Bearcat by David Wilcox, and Mom lets her backbone slide. Mom and I dance through the soundtrack of my life. Sometimes the movements are extreme and crazy and big, while at others they are subtle, slow, and loving. Just like life. I love it when my mama comes to dance. It took so long to say our final goodbye. When she comes back to me, even if I'm with other people and busy doing other things, my heart always lurches with delight and the pain of missing her all at once. But when we dance, And I know that she'll be back again because of all of my loves and losses. She is the one who never truly leaves me. One day, when you're all alone, busy doing some mundane task or another, pay attention to the tap on the shoulder. Who will it be for you? Might be your chance. Your chance to dance with your own ghosts for a while.